I've done this three times. Once it worked, twice it didn't. I have to hear his voice again. This is your last chance to back out. Seal it. You do know what we're taking on. A shifting consciousness. Becoming one with the ceremony. Pure. And may all my transgressions be washed. This is real stuff we're playing with. Real angels, real demons. Make me interesting. How do we know that it started? You'll see it soon enough. May my light be here now. May protecting me. Drink it! Just remember who's paying for this. Do you know the ritual? No. You agreed to do whatever I said. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Solomon. Sorry, Mr. Solomon. Take off your jeans. Jolian? That's, that's a good question. <laughs> well, let's say hi to our listeners and then we'll investigate the disappearance. Hey, listeners, you're listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We're a podcast that talks about horror movies. We will spoil the featured attraction and we'll try not to spoil any of the other ones we mention. Um, if you're first. Uh, I don't think we can spoil this week's movie. It would be hard to spoil it. I think the very, very end, the little twist at the end, I think we we have to do all we can to preserve that. Yeah, and I think that's fair. You know, we can we can hold off on spoiling it in case people are listening to this with some curiosity and not having seen the movie. Yeah. We'll, we'll spare you the spoiling. It's on Netflix, though. Yeah, and it's not hard to... Uh, it's not hard to find. No, no. It's, it's, uh, it's a good movie. Although there is another dark song. Just called Dark Song. Oh, this is Ah Dark Song. Ah, Ah Dark yes. Song. Okay, well, let's thank the Moonrays. Um, hey, thank you, Moonrays, for giving us that song. Intro Creature Features. Uh, we played that at the top of the show. Um, it makes us sound more legit, I think. Yeah. Uh, you can find their music on Amazon or iTunes where you can buy We have buy actual it. music. Yeah, we have a theme. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you can say hi to them on uh, Facebook where they are, the Moon hyphen rays or the moon dash rays however you want to say it that's that for housekeeping and um here we are will and i i'm richard 
are joining you this week sounds Julian, who um, has the day off. Uh, we usually record on Friday nights, and he had a, a fancy dinner he had to go to. Yes. He's all dressed up and everything. Where? I don't know. I, th- I think it was related to his wife's job, perhaps, or oh. s- or something they belong to. Um, I saw a picture on Facebook and just kind of uh, went, hey, that, that's cool. Click like. John Elway's macaroni grill. <laughs> I would Is hope that where they went? I would hope it would be something like that. I think it was some catered, uh, I don't know. Fuck, I don't know anything about it. I so mean, he got out of a podcast because of this? I think he staged the whole thing to get out of recording Did he podcast. hate this movie? No, well, I don't know if he... Uh, he didn't Did say he anything. say anything about this movie? I fear maybe Jolien hated this movie. How could he hate a good movie? I could see how it could go wrong. Hmm, it could. I could see how you could approach this film and see it as slow. And but when does that bother him? Like exactly, I don't. I don't know. I don't think he's weaseling. after hearing about ghost a ghost story. Yeah, which I've not seen because I can't find it yet. I found it. Did you find it? Did yep. you watch it? It's an illegal stream. Uh, I have not yet. I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna try. <laughs> A ghost story, not to be confused with ghost story, right? Yes. So, which is a? It's was that a Hong Kong film or Japanese? I I think it was Japanese. The one the one Jolien was talking about was an American movie. Yes, but but the other one, yeah, but Ghost Story, I believe, is a. uh, It's it's from the east. Yeah, I believe it's Japanese from the like mid eighties or so. I'll have to look that up. Um, Jolien talked about it once on the show. Oh. Um, it's hard to keep track of all the movies we discuss. I know for, for the 107 episode, we're on number 107 now. Uh, each time we talk about maybe three to five movies each. So that's 15 times a hundred. Let's say there's only a hundred episodes where we all say something. That's 1500 movies. We've some overlap, but we've discussed in some way. Yeah. Well, in order to keep this thing kind of exciting, um, we always talk about what we've watched since last time, but I was going to maybe do a a quick rundown of my 31 days of Halloween list. Okay. Um, and we'll, we'll just go through them real quick. And then I'll talk about like the, the ones I watched leading up to Halloween since we recorded last. I know I left off at after images. Did you? Yes, I did not watch it. Okay. Good. Um, so I'll read this off here real quick. Um, my 31 days of Halloween, which I did not miss a day. I watched a couple of shorts to be able to do it um, and stick to the one a day. But that's like when I was editing an episode and only had a little bit of time left at the end of the day. Nosferatu, Mad Monster Party, The Similars, Death Note, The Wolfman, Night of the Demons. The Mummy, 2017, because of this show, because we chose to. Uh, the last time I saw Richard, that was one of the shorts. That was a 2013 Australian one. Blade 2, which was edited and pissed me off. Gosh darn, you know. Um, it was edited? It was edited for uh, TNT or something. Oh. So I found it on demand on Comcast. I went, oh, great, Blade 2. Oh, what a ripoff. Yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, all overdubbed with stupid fake swearing. The oh. Strangers, which I meant to finally watch because home invasion doesn't do it for me, but I thought, well, let's give it a shot. Um, Hellions, 
<clears throat> the one that I told everyone was too stylized and like they were playing with all the digital tricks on the camera. Oh. That one. Yeah. Otherwise it would have been great. It was set on Halloween. There was, there was something there, but I don't know what happened. And I believe it was the director who did Pontypool. Um, so it doesn't make sense that it was as tricked out and weird as it was. Body Bags from 93. Cult of Chucky. Curse of Chucky. Gerald's Game. Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Demon. Uh, the Mothman of Point Pleasant, which was a documentary. Uh, Monster Madness, the Golden Age of Horror film. Um, that was uh, a documentary. Uh, the Mummy from, from 1932. No, nope, The Mummy 2017 again. Three <laughs> times. Third time was the charm. It snapped together. It is a <laughs> intricate mosaic of a movie. It makes so much sense now. Oh, it makes so much sense now. Let's see. Invaders. I don't even remember what that was. Um a Nightmare Before Christmas, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, Ms. 45, The Tingler, We Are Still Here, It Comes at Night, A Dark Song, which, you know, because I had seen it, because Gasper uh, from Slovenia had suggested it. And then and, somebody else did, too, your tattoo artist. Yeah, somebody. yeah, he was talking about it, and uh, thank you, Ian, for that. Um, the Forgotten One and After Images. Now, The Forgotten One was the one that was filmed here in Denver. I watched it. How'd you like it? It was terrible. <laughs> I went and looked at the house, though. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I went and found the house the other day on uh, Tuesday. Does it look the same? Uh, yeah, pretty much. They have a little short fence. We'll call it a fence. Uh, around one bit of the yard. And I think there's stone... Were there stone drag or stone lions out front? I don't think there were. I don't believe they were. Because they weren't attached to anything that are there. The house across the street is still there, where the... Christy McNichol's character? Christy McNichol lived. Oh, man. And it is now, they've taken the time, because in the movie, I think it's gray. It's painted Mm -hmm. gray, and they, like, sandblasted it for exposed brick. Oh, good. Um, I like when they do that. I like when they do that, although they can't really reseal that brick. It... It makes it weird. It shortens the life of the building. Oh, does it? It's really hard to get paint off of brick. Yeah, it's it's when a bad... You blast you... it off of there, you take off that fire coat oh, yeah. on a brick. Yeah, I know you can spray some crap that seals it, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how long that lasts before it wants to peel. Yeah, it's not as... I mean, it's really taking off a nice, intricate or, you know, integral part of the brick. Yeah. How did we get into this? I don't know. Uh, the Forgotten One. The Forgotten One. Anyway, yeah, so I went and checked out the house. Yeah. And uh, we tried to pause it on scenes that he was driving down Colfax. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't re. I mean, everything's very familiar. Right. But different, just different enough. And I loved how it was. he had to move out of Kansas City because it was too wild. Yeah. And it was just too it, happening. He came to nice, quiet came Denver. quiet Denver. And he got that giant house on a one book. New. He was a new author. Yeah. Unless he had that magazine. Did he have that magazine from way back when and he just snuck it in her mail because it had the article about him? Maybe. <laughs> like. I kind of wonder, you know, did she look at the date on the thing? Yeah. It was um, it was weird because it had a nice dreamlike quality to it, and they did a good enough job with all the special effects, you know, that it looked like a limited budget. Oh yeah, it was low budget. 
And they that, didn't have a lot of money. I don't remember ever seeing this thing before. No, me neither. You mentioned it. Yeah, the stepfather. Did that come before or after this? I'm gonna. Yeah, go. the stepfather was '87, I believe. Oh, so it was before this. So that was before this. This would have been right after this because mm-hmm. this was in '89. So he probably got booked on the success of the stepfather. Yeah. Yeah, because that was uh, that was really creepy. Like he lost his shit. Yeah. He got disappointed with the families and then murdered them. Murdered them. Yeah, the stepfather was. But this was no stepfather. No. No, it wasn't. Um, and, you know, my, my one argument with it, and I really didn't go into this when Jolien and I were kind of talking about it a little, but uh, it felt like it could have ended about three or four times. Do I say that about a lot of movies? No, but that one could have. Yeah. That one, I just felt like it was... I don't know. I... I don't know. It meandered a bit. It meandered. It just wasn't a very tight script. I think it could have been a better movie if... Um, and if you get reincarnated, do you look exactly like the dude you were before? Yes. Yeah, okay. Otherwise, you can't recognize that person. Couldn't there be an amulet or a tie-tack or some fucking... Nope. Nope, no? Okay. It's got to be the same actor. Oh, okay. Or actress. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. All right. Now, that's where we left off was the Forgotten One and then After Images, which... Which you said was really good, and I'm sorry I missed it. <laughs> yeah, listeners, go ahead and watch that one. Um, so now, uh, since we did this, uh, you and Jolien both mentioned Neon Demon. I watched it, and I loved it. Uh, Isn't it, it fantastic? It's, it's it's a visual feast of, of crazy oh, brilliance. Man. man, it's great looking. And it doesn't. And it sounds awesome. Yeah, it, you know, and a lot. It, it only has two kinds of watchers: lovers and haters of it. Oh yeah, this is a. I could totally see how somebody could think this was crap. And if you're expecting, they're wrong. Well, sure, and people can be wrong about things. Now, Neon Demon. If someone hated it because they were expecting some sort of a gore fest, you get a little bit of a gore fest, but but it's. The horror part of it is really heavily weighed toward the end of the movie. Yeah. It's it's probably, I don't know how long the movie is, but let's say it's 90 it's minutes. two hours, I believe. Oh, is it? Okay. So you're probably an hour and a half into the movie before you see the real horror of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and everything leading up to it, though, it's so great to look at, it's though. It's fucking creepy. And yeah. It, oh, yeah. The colors were... This has to be watched on Blu-ray. I'd love yeah. to see this on Blu-ray. It is intense yeah i watched it pretty high def because it was uh you know on a high def tv with uh, a direct stream from amazon which is it's an mm-hmm. amazon original so that's the only place you can find it is amazon it's free on amazon prime um so i watched neon demon um and that brought me to halloween day and uh i watched halloween 1978 halloween 2 not the rob zombie one but the actual um a sequel and i decided because i have these uh i would i would watch maybe the the two after that but i only got as far as halloween for the return of michael myers which is fine it's not great there's a scene where he's strangely wearing a blonde michael myers mask oh yeah it's just like for whatever reason it's God, like it's been a long long time since i watched that one that's a real continuity fuck up there isn't it like you're, you're like, okay, uh, Hey, you, the mask wrangler, go grab the Michael Myers mask out of the mask cabinet. Oh, Jesus Christ. Which one is it? Um, uh, this says Ben Tramer. Maybe that's the actor that played him before. 
<laughs> so grabs the blonde one, sticks it on the guy playing Michael Myers, who also doesn't notice. The director doesn't notice. None of the grips or dolly operators or craft services people. Huh. Nobody notices Michael Myers is fucking blonde for like a whole scene. But anyway, uh, I also watched Night of Living Dead from my own DVD of not I didn't produce it, but uh, you can. It's it's in public domain. Uh, they have this. You've heard me talk about this before. They have this shit edition from '98, and I understand John Russo wrote these scenes, and then they were kind of tucked in at the beginning and then at the end. Uh, where I mentioned that if this was shot in 67 and came out in 68, at no point in 1967 would there be a a shaved head goatee wearing priest. That just wouldn't be a thing. And I don't think that would be a thing in Pittsburgh. No fucking way. So this Anton LaVey looking priest is presiding over this uh, executed um, child molester murderer person who is the first zombie to pop up and and then lumber away. And then it's Bill Hinsman who played the first zombie you see in night of living dead. Yeah. Uh, they got him back to, to play the the part, you know, uh, 20 years later. Yeah. He looks about the same. Um, so that's kind of dumb. They, they bring the, the wooden casket coffin. It's a coffin. They bring the wooden coffin in a pickup truck that looks just like the pickup truck that ends up getting burned. Uh, then, um, yeah, I remember seeing this. this is crap and, and I don't like it. Uh, and then they've got, they've got, uh, this, this priest looking dude at the end of the movie and he's ranting a bunch of shit and he's been bitten on the face. It's just dumb. Um, yeah. and I'm thinking, okay, well that's the bookends that we don't need. And then they insert a couple scenes, I think toward the end, but then they put something like, that. yeah, they kind of shuffle a couple scenes in there. But the problem I have is that the, 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 the score had to be changed. It's like, why? It was weird not having that bombastic library music. Yeah. So anyway, that was, that was it. I wound, I wound down Halloween. Now I want to report to our listeners that we talked about how there's not a lot of trick or treaters anymore. And it's so disappointing. We got a lot. Oh, I I had the biggest mixing bowl of cigarettes and pills and raisins and raisins. (laughs) So, I gave away all the candy except I, you know, it got to the point where it's like they were few and far between and it was getting close to nine o'clock. I just shut off the porch light. I have to go out and pull plugs on, on uh, special effects stuff. Cause I put out these four foot tall cats with fire pots in front of them mm-hmm. and uh, a strobe light on a real tombstone and a, a, a big light up pumpkin. And uh, so I had to, you know, run out, yank all the plugs and, uh, kill the porch light. And I heard one more group and I could tell what happened. No trick or treaters for the first hour and a half to two hours after the sun goes down. And then all of a sudden, a lot of them group after group after group. We're the little wedge of ghetto in between two rich neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So they went to Lowry or Stapleton, whichever, and then crossed through on their way home. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, I gave the first, few groups of kids big handfuls of candy ah. and then after that it was like three pieces you get a candy no three i give them three yeah i feel it's a ripoff like and then by the end it was just raisins it, it was a slingshot full of raisins it was just a handful of raisins <laughs> you'll be picking them out of your hair later kid 
start running. Oh man. So that's, that's how I wound it down. Um, and since that I watched, uh, Ingrid goes West, which I don't recommend. It's not horrible, but it's about a woman who's obsessed with Instagram, who's obsessed with a, another Instagram user and then goes, she cashes a, does she go West? She goes West. Um, she cashes a life insurance check that's not rightfully hers. Yeah. I think, if I remember right. And then she ends up in L.A. trying to sort of get close to this woman who you could tell she thinks has the perfect Instagram account, who has the ideal Instagram life. And she gets close to her in a very stalker kind of way, a very single white female kind of way. And I think they actually mention single white female in the film. Ah. But I don't recommend it. It's too on the nose and it's 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 going to end up being too dated, but that's what I got. What about you? What'd you watch? What'd, what'd you uh, get into? Well, we watched, uh, the forgotten one, not, not stranger things all season two. No, <laughs> okay. Not yet. We're holding out. So the forgotten one until the show discusses it. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm waiting for it. Fair enough. Um, Although, you know, I understand Eleven dies. <laughs> uh, her, uh, her and Han Solo climb into some sort of vehicle together and crash into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what a dumb ending. So what about uh, Noir Vember? Mm. Have, have you kicked it off yet? Yes, yes. I hope I so because it's. Uh, I haven't. I haven't uh, finished uh, the Halloween. I have to tell you. Halloween. Oh yeah, yeah. So we yeah. watched the Forgotten One. Yep. And then we watched one called Jug Face. How is Jug Face? Jug Face is good. Jug Face is. It cost maybe six thousand dollars. Jug Face is real low budget. Yeah. But it's got a kind of interesting vision. Um. It could be shot a little better, but I enjoyed it. Good. Um, it's got some genuine creepiness. It's this girl who is, lives in this community in, I'm going to guess, rural Appalachia somewhere. Um, they all have these kind of strange names. Um, her name is Ada, which is the most common name in there, but there's a her, you know, most normal-sounding name. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she lives in this little community with her family, mom and dad and older brother uh and um she's about 16 i guess um her community worships something that lives in a pit out in the woods nice which they call the pit (laughs) um they have a, a her friend who's older than her, who's probably in his thirties is this kind of uh, mentally challenged individual who, uh, he goes into these trances and he makes these jug faces, which is a jug that has a face. And you find out that the face represents somebody in the community that the pit wants. Oh, wow. So they have to sacrifice them to the pit. You learn later that the pit will cure you if you get the pox, whatever the pox is. Um, It is bizarre. Um, I could see people being put off by the low budgetness. I think it looked pretty good. Um, You never see the creature, though. 
which is good. Good. Um, glad to hear that. You see uh, lots of gore, though. Hmm. Yeah, this is one that it's been on Netflix forever. Yeah. And I keep not watching it. I think it's on Amazon, too, now. I've heard people bitch about it, and and that's typical. People just don't really know what it was a nice creepy little low budget thing with a with a cult it seemed like we watched a lot of cult films not (laughs) not occult but cult cult like cult of chucky yeah um then we watched for halloween child's play how was the we rented child's play it's terrible um we're delighted with chucky though (laughs) gene has become a real chucky fan um do we need to get her like a Chucky, like an actual size Chucky well, doll? Well, I saw at the uh, <clears throat> at Twist and Shout, they have, uh, maybe it's Mark McFarlane Toys or somebody, has reproduced a Chucky that comes in a little uh, scale box, like a uh, little, good guy box. good guy's box. <laughs> um, and he has a hideous, screamy face. And he probably comes with a knife, but, you know, I wasn't going to spend $30 for a jokey chucky for a gag gift for a gag gift wow it's it's good though that he's that he's still in the whole lexicon of what's happening with horror yeah um so that made three chucky films for us wow over halloween that's an average of one every 10 days in october yeah yeah and uh we still have a few more but we can't watch any because we've rolled into noir vember so noir vember how'd you kick it off we watched one that i'd been meaning to see uh, but never got around to it, even though it's in the, I believe, public domain. And we, I've been watching these on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Watched three films so far. Um, the first one <clears throat> was um, Fear in the Night, which stars DeForest Kelly. Wow. As a 20-something-year-old. I think he's supposed to be 24. Dr. But... M- Dr. McCoy from yep. Star Trek. Yep, and you can totally tell it's him from his phrasing. um he plays a guy who had wakes up and has has had a nightmare that he walked into this uh octagonal mirrored room in a mansion and murdered a guy and stuffed his body in the closet wow there's also a girl in there and uh the dream's very stylized it was nice uh Unfortunately, we've been watching these on Amazon, and all three prints we've watched are, like, the shittiest quality prints. I don't even know why Amazon puts them up there other than they must be in the public domain. Hmm. But uh, the next night we watched one that was even better. I I think uh, uh, Fear in the Night was pretty good, but a little short. Okay. It seemed like they jumped to the conclusion a little too quickly. I would have liked to have seen him question his sanity a little more. That's always good. He uh, he drives. They go out. His uh, turns out that his brother-in-law is a cop, a detective. Um, it meant one one I think uh, uh, qualifier for me. I've decided for film noir has to take place in L.A. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a good one. Um, but have you ever seen like Elevator to the Gallows? Mm-mm. So it's a French noir. And it's really good. Okay. Yeah, I would say put that on your list. Um, I don't want to say too much about it. It's a guy who is um, going to get away with something, 
but gets stuck in an elevator. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. The um, next night, it's, it's a great movie. We watched Too Late for Tears, oh. which stars Elizabeth Scott, and she is a housewife who's she's out driving with her husband in the Hollywood Hills, um, and they flick the they have an argument. And she reaches over and flicks off the headlights. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Because she wants him to turn around. She can't stand another party with their boring friends. Mm-hmm. And a car pulls out of nowhere and drives by and throws a bag of money in the back of their car. Wow. And she goes bonkers. She wants this money and will stop at nothing to keep it. Hmm. This movie was fantastic. Wow. You have to watch it, even though the print we watched was really dark, and there are some dark scenes right. that you can't tell what's happening. Um, but This would be a good time to pause and give a definition um, as best you can to our listeners. Uh, not everyone knows what a film noir is. Mm-hmm. Some people might go, oh, noir means black. Noir means black. Beyond film that. means film. <laughs> okay. So, so it's a black film. Um, figuratively, literally. Literally. A little of they both. saved a lot of money by shooting these things in the dark. Right. <laughs> uh, well, I'd say also morally, everybody in these films is pretty twisted. Mm-hmm. Occasionally you get a good guy, but. Uh, Cigarettes. Is it fair to say that there's a constant stream of cigarette constant smoke? Constant stream of cigarette smoke. Uh, they usually take place in the late 40s, early 50s. Um, so was there a was there a golden age of horror or of film noir rather um, that you could say was bracketed by this year to this year? Can you say 47 through 52 or? Well, yeah, I'd say like probably 41 through 55. So they had a good run. They had a good run. Okay. And there's been, you know, film noir after that. It's sure. It's harder to define than horror, but we've seen how loosely defined horror can be on this oh, show. Oh, absolutely. Um typically people um I don't know. Uh I'd say corruption is a is a certain element of film noir people are in usually in over their heads due yep. to their greed yeah there's a there's a conspiracy or cover-up it's always got to do with a murder or a theft or in this there's case, always some crime yeah um there's usually the underbelly um yeah there's the a reason d- i like them to take place in la is because la has that real glitzy uh gilded quality and then underneath it's all rotten yeah um I think that fits in noir. Noirs are typically really bleak mm-hmm. and very nihilistic. Um, uh, the third night we watched A Dishonored Lady with Hedy Lamar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it was really a noir. It was more of a Hedy Lamar vehicle that was noir-esque. But she plays a great character, um, Madeline Damien, who is an art director for a for a fashion magazine in New York Mm -hmm. should have been the tip off right there. And then I did say something like, I don't know, this takes place in New York. 
New York <laughs> seems a little scummy. Like it's not hiding it like L.A. does. You yeah, know. L.A. has a nice facade over it. L.A. has got this beautiful facade. It's, you know, oh, wow, it's, it's L.A. It's all glitzy and glamour. And Especially when you look Dreams at, come true. The fashions and, and the home decor of the day were especially cool looking. Like if you ever stay at, at like a, a hotel that has the quote unquote old Hollywood mm-hmm. decor to it, it's so cool. You know, there's just a, a look yeah. and, a look and feel to it. And even though uh, a dishonored lady is, uh, or dishonored lady is not quite noir. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hedy Lamar is pretty fucking stylish. She can carry a movie. I mean, yeah, She's for fantastic. sure. Yeah. Now, would you say that because obviously, you know, the name implies a darkness to the theme, but also a, it's a black and white movie. Mm-hmm. Um, can film noir be in color? Yes. Okay. Film I, noir can be in color. I agree. I mean, uh, other uh, people may not agree, but I do. Uh, you could look at like a, a blue velvet. I would say I would say that taking place in L.A. is more important to me than <laughs> if it's in color and black and white. Now, for the listeners who haven't listened to every single episode, uh, they may not all know that you are working on a graphic novel. Yes. At glacial speed. Yes. Uh, that is that is covering the Black Dahlia murder. Yes. Murders. Um, this has definitely inspired me. I've loved to see L.A. Um, Fear in the Night, which was based on a on a story uh, called Nightmare, uh-huh. which is a much more concise way to say, uh, you know, something instead of Fear in the Night. Right. Um, uh, fear in the Night. Uh, what was my point here? Uh, oh, it was set in 1947 in L.A. So okay. it was nice to see. Uh, what it really looked like. What it really looked like. Yeah. And uh, I need to look up the hotel they're in because I assume it was real. I assume they filmed in the actual hotel because these things were so low budget. They filmed a lot of scenes just out on the street. I sure. Mean, you know. Uh, uh, the uh, last film we watched, the Hedy Lamar one, was digitally remastered. Mm-hmm. which meant somebody turned the brights up till it blew all the whites out. Okay. And then cranked the blacks back down. So, and it sounded like the shower was running. Nice. Um, these things look like Amazon bought videotapes. <laughs> VHS. VHS tapes. At the Goodwill. At the Goodwill. <laughs> that were, you know, maybe not even actual copies put out never mind these are in the public domain but shit taped off tv maybe because oh man oh my god the hedy lamar one was particularly bad for digitally remastered and you could see what's there you know you, you you can tell that when you finally do if you if you ever finally do get to see a good copy of it it's going to be awesome oh yeah like uh like jolian loaned me a uh a, a disc of the twonky Yes. And it was from like TNT or TCM or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the commercials were in it or they were just clipped out to where you could see the beginning or end of the commercials. Yeah. And I it, think they were clipped out. There weren't too many commercials. I think they were limited on whatever yeah. channel he watched them. But yeah. Yeah. But it was it was taken from VHS and burned to disc. And it, it, I'm imagining that what you saw was about the same. And, I saw that copy. Yeah. At least you got to see it. Yes. But it looks like shit. 
It looked like shit. Yeah. The Hedy Lamar one was just like, man, there's some beautiful shots in this, but whoever digitally remastered this ooh. was a big fat liar. Was a big fat liar. <laughs> I can only imagine that the soundtrack must have been just <laughs> Yeah. Cause it you could hear that in the background anytime it got quiet. Yeah. It was this terrible static and you know, uh at one point the film even got uh videotape audio or video effects you know oh. uh, where like the tape slowed down for just a split second and the screen got kind of green uh-huh. and uh some sort of you know video artifact from vhs tape though naturally so you got three movies in i've got three movies down yeah and and noir vember is sh- it, it's happening noir vember is happening now can you think of off the top of your head and it's okay if you can't but uh can you think of a few in color that uh that are film noir that are, I mean, obviously uh, uh, what's that, what's the one that they did that was uh, set in LA that was Russell Crowe was in it. Um, oh, LA confidential. Yeah. Now do you consider that a noir at all? It's, it's about noir sort of is uh, a way to look yeah, at I it. I think it's more about noir. Whereas I'd say something like it's about that Chinatown era. Yeah. is more film noir. Yeah, even though it was made in the 70s. Even though it was made in the 70s. There yeah. were a number of 70s kind of pulp stuff yeah. that came back that was from the 40s. Um, and that one was sufficiently bleak enough. <laughs> yeah. Because that has to be that, I don't know. Uh, have you seen ever seen Scarlet Street? No. Watch Scarlet Street. It's on like every streaming thing because it's also in the public domain. Although... I have seen a really, really nice copy of it. Mm-hmm. I have uh, that's that you know looks great. But none of these movies, because they were low budget and they were black and white, they depend a lot on dialogue. Sure. And if you're not willing to sit and listen to a movie and really you know pay attention what how these people are talking, they're all fast talkers. Yeah. Put your phone in the other room. You know. Yeah. And that's probably only 98% of our listeners who, who would need to heed that. Yeah. Because I think that's that's a thing. I get a lot more out of movie if I put my phone over on the coffee table. That is my, my you know, one of my rules. I have rules for movies, at least if I'm doing something like 31 Days of Halloween or Noir of Ember, is typically something I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Although Child's Play broke that, but yeah, whatever. It was, it was fair. It was fair. I had to see. I don't know that Jean had ever actually seen Child's Play. I think she was only familiar with Child's Play. And it had been long enough for you to And it had been so long, even though, God, I watched that movie a hundred fucking times as a kid. (laughs) Uh, Just because the doll says, fuck you, off screen. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But uh, typically something I haven't seen. Typically... uh, uh, or well, not typically, but once we start a film, you have to watch it all, You've and moved, I give it my undivided attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only exception is, you know, I, I can't look at anything else. I can't like read the internet or uh, you know look at a book or something. I can fall asleep if okay. your movie makes me fall asleep. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that, um, that's your that's your own damn fault if you made a movie that that has a narcotic effect on people. Yeah, um, and I don't fall asleep with films too often anymore mm-hmm. because you know. 
but I give them 90 minutes. And typically noirs are less than 90 minutes each. They're 70 to 80 usually. Yeah, they're yeah. shorter than, uh, than you know, because they were built with something else. Yeah. You usually cram two of these in and it'd film or a newsreel and a cartoon and yeah. uh, pornographic short. <laughs> uh, they were simpler times. They were simpler times. Mom and pop produced pornography. Right. Have you ever been to a place where the the buildings and the streets still looked like the 40s? Oh, yeah. It's so weird, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I can say that from my childhood. Um, we lived in Chicago, but we would go over, like, during the nice weather months, we would go over probably once a month to Dubuque, Iowa. Yeah. And it, it's where my dad was from originally. And he left when he was, like, 19 and never moved back. Uh, there is so much 1940s looking stuff there. Like, you know, I remember one time we went and visited my sister. My older sister was living in an apartment and um, like we had to throw pebbles at the window to get her attention. There was like no way to get through the front door and like hit a yeah. buzzer or something. So we had to throw pebbles at a window and then uh, someone came down and let us in, you know, and, and uh, you just the smell of an old building and all of the really dark wood and the old wallpaper and the old carpet. It's just like, I knew I was in the thirties or forties. Yeah. And sometimes the 1920s, I knew that's where I was from having watched a lot of old movies. Mm-hmm. I knew I was, I was like time warped into that dimension. Yes. <laughs> so I always think weird. of my, my grandmother's decorating style yeah. was strictly late forties. Yeah. A lot of, even into the eighties, a lot of brocade and mauve and roses and mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Certain, yeah. certain shapes of things and types of things. Now that is a, before I forget to say this, um, a few days before Halloween, um, it must've been the Friday before Halloween, you know, our, our local liquor store has, uh, like they sample stuff on, uh, Fridays. Oh, do they? Yeah, they do. Um, it's usually like Friday afternoon. I don't know what time they start, but if you're off work at, you know, four or five o'clock and you swing in there to pick something up for the weekend, they'll be sampling stuff. Nice. Um, it bums me out, but I keep it to myself. Uh, every time they're sampling wine, I use that line from Dracula and no one ever gets it. I never drink wine. I always put the pause in there too. And they go, oh yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> They just let me go. Yeah. It's like, come on. Someone go, hey, that's from fucking Dracula. Never. No, nobody no. watched Dracula. No. In art school, I did a picture of the Marx Brothers. And the first comment was like, I really like it, but I don't know who those people are. Who are those two guys with Gabe Kaplan? Yeah. <laughs> One single tear I shed. <laughs> that's, and that's enough for sure. Yeah. So we watched a dark song. Let's just did go. Did we? Well, separately and individually, we watched it. Did you see it a second time or did you just no, watch it? No, I okay. only watched it once because Noir Vember rolled yes. in. So. Yeah, it did. It rolled in like a storm. Yeah. And, and you lit a cigarette in I the lit night. lit a cigarette in the night, <laughs> in the dark. There was a scream. <laughs> Maybe a car crash. There was a shot. <laughs> Shots were fired. A single shot was fired usually, right? Yeah. Um, so... A dark song was something that uh, was mentioned. It came up, and and uh, and I thought, well, let's give it a shot. Let's see if this thing is. Now, I recognized pretty early on that it was either derived from or exactly following uh, something I'd heard about 
just recently. Like I've, I've uh, listened to some episodes of those conspiracy guys and they did an episode on, and, and their episodes, I'm not kidding you, are four to five hours long. Wow. Um, and they talked about Aleister Crowley or Crowley, depending on how you want to pronounce it, um, and his history with magic. Uh-huh. R- ritual magic was kind of his thing. A uh, very accomplished mountaineer, by the way. A lot of people don't know that about Crowley. And a chess uh, um, master. <laughs> maybe. Was he? Yeah. I didn't know that. No, he, yeah, he's he brilliant. Be- he became a chess master, a grandmaster chess or whatever the chess they call it, uh, pretty young. Oh, wow. He was also became a mason and became 33rd degree mason really young. Like, right. He was a brilliant man. He was. And he and, was also full of a lot of shit and knew he was full of shit. He knew it too. That's, that's And if you read Magic Without Tears, it is I don't know. It, he is so sardonic and so just having fun having a laugh with these people who are so serious and indulging all of his appetites uh-huh every desire yeah he does he doesn't refuse himself anything i mean the man created a club and then offended everybody in it and they kicked him out of the club <laughs> he started i love that part of the story so knowing a, knowing a bit about where he got his idea to start his own thing yeah. Um, so they did some backstory on that particular podcast and I was listening to this and thinking, wow, you know, I, I knew some about what, what ritual magic in the modern age, uh, you know, where it came from and what, what it was about. I knew some of this, uh, you know, from probably my mid teens yeah. through late teens and just people I knew and what they talked about and what they had read. And, uh, and I was cautioned, I remember when I was like 16, I was cautioned, don't open that door unless you really want to step through it. Don't read Aleister Crowley's books, and I'm going to pronounce it Crowley. Um, don't read his books unless you are ready to open that door. And there's yeah. a lot of caution and derived from, I don't know, superstition or, or the puritanical origins of our country. And we're, we've all been sort of given that. But um, I always found it super interesting. Oh yeah, and and I f- I found that um, the mystery of it all, you know, would be so much better than any actual exposition. Like if someone could show you a ritual and an apparition would, you know, uh, if you could conjure something and and things would happen, is much less interesting than the mystery of it. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, and so in this movie. They're moving through, uh, they talk about, like, you have to be ready for this. And they start moving through the beginnings of this ritual, which they say is going to take a long they time. They being a, uh, a woman. About 40-ish. About, f- yeah, 30. Late 30s, 40s, early 40s. 40s. Uh, and a uh, ritual magician. Yeah. Ceremonial magician. Uh, who she found on the internet. Who she found on the internet, <laughs> hired, and they're going to go stay in a house in Wales. Yeah. And be sealed up and do this ritual uh, for the next several months. And that's the part that really, and they tell you this pretty early in the movie, and that's the part that tipped me off that maybe this is this thing that uh, Crowley actually did. Uh, because there was so much preparation, it was it was uh, said to be like this really arduous, long thing, months-long thing. I went, I wonder if that's that thing from the Golden Dawn or whatever. Yeah. And it turns out it is. Yeah. I looked into it. And the yes. Amberlin. Yeah. 
Um, so, so this, uh, Bramlin. see, it was the, I have it here. Bramlin. It's well, it's, um, it's based in, um, uh, the, it's the Melon, um, which is Abraham. And I don't know what the E L I N part of it is, but, um, I'll just read this real quick. I, I wrote some notes down. Um, Sophia hires this occultist to help her in performing a ritual to summon a guardian angel. And this is, this is from the uh, Abramelin, a book which tells the story of an Egyptian mage who uh, named Abraham, who taught a system of magic to, uh, I don't know who this being, this person is, the Abraham of Worms, who lived circa 1362 to 1458. Um, the system of magic is detailed in this book that was translated by Samuel Liddell McGregor Mathers who apparently added the McGregor in there so he could claim uh, Scottish Highland uh, lineage, but it's not, there's no proof that he actually was a McGregor of any sort. MacGregor. Um, he was born uh, January, 1854 and died November, 1918. So that gives you the idea that, you know, this is someone who was like, did the flu kill him? Uh, yeah. Spanish flu killed him. Um, he was British. Um, he was known for founding the hermetic order of the golden dawn in uh, 1888. Oh, okay. And so this is what Crowley got into this organization, uh, which was dedicated to the study and practice of the occult, mm-hmm. basically in short, um, the occult metaphysics, um, the paranormal of all sorts. Um, they were, um, they were active in the late 19th and early 20th century. Alistair Crowley, um, was a member only from 1898 to 1899, but then he took off and founded the, uh, the Telema, which was, yeah. which was his thing that he got kicked out of, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Now that's kind of the background stuff that maybe our listeners yeah. wouldn't know or haven't looked up yet. So this is, this is all sort of got a foundation in historic, uh, well, yeah. reality. And I wish Eugenia could have been on here, although not a ceremonial magician. She's read a bit of this. She felt that some of it was kind of off, but... Was it too vague? But didn't know enough about it to really criticize it, but would like to know from a ceremonial magician's point of view. Um, she seemed to remember the Bramelin as being... Um, a solo exercise. That's what I gathered from uh, that the podcast I listened to about Crowley. But can a guide take you through it? I don't know. Yeah. See, and then we were like, well, you know, he he was more like a stage manager. They weren't like both being the magician. But he was saying, if I remember right, that that he was going to arrive at the same destination and be able to ask his favor as well. Yes. When he gets to the end. Yes. So I guess they're going through it side by side Um, in the context of the movie anyway. Yeah. And he does get his wish. Although he did not read the fine print. (laughs) It's kind of like the end of a twilight zone. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So um, always read the fine print. Yeah. Yeah, so you have these two characters, Sophia and what was his name? Uh, Solomon. It was uh, Solomon. Jo- Joseph Solomon. Joseph Solomon. Yeah. I mean, uh, Sophia's knowledge and means knowledge and uh, 
Do you like how it's Solomon you, is uh, wisdom and, yeah. and, and wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, something I wanted to ask you about this movie was, did you like the way they reveal the character to us? Uh, at first you see him, he just looks like maybe he's a scammer. Maybe he's just some yeah. schmuck with a bucket hat. I, uh, I, I talked to, uh, I, we discussed this with Eugenia. I, I mentioned to her that, uh, I assume that he was being honest, but only because it was a movie. Right. Whereas I didn't want it to be, oh, he's a scammer. But she, on the other hand, felt like, no, he's a scammer, but he's he's not a phony. I mean, they're really going to do magic, but he is getting something out of it that he's not telling her about. He's right. using her in some way, manipulating her in some way. Right. Um, which is sort of the case because... You find out that Sophia, first she says it's a love spell. Uh-huh. And then she says that, no, she wants to talk to her kid. Right. So and it's then, going to be communication. And then she says her kid's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you find out that a group of teens killed her child, kidnapped and killed her child for a black magic ritual. Right. And although the movie does not say it, I'm... Almost a hundred percent certain he was one of them. He was involved, and right? That's why he is the way he is. I also don't think that he knows that until she reveals that to him, and then at that point, he's so involved in the spell they can't break the seal. There's no turn on the back. House. Right. Yeah. And if you do turn back and if you stop what you're doing or you leave the house, you're fucked. Yeah. You're opening all kinds of doors that are going to bring hellfire upon you somehow. Yeah. Some horrible things will happen to you. And and I don't know if it's really expressed. Now, I did wonder the same thing uh, when she reveals this fact to him that her child was killed, you know, by these foolish teens who were trying to do a, a black magic ritual. I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, is he the right age? We don't know how long ago it happened, but she's... It was dead. three years ago. Three years ago, okay. Yeah, and he so, was seven. Right, so so um, Solomon could not have been a teen, judging by his age from the looks of him, but he could have been like the leader of some cult they belonged to or something. Yes. He could have been guiding somebody. I believe he was leading a group of teens. Yeah, it's, it's quite possible. And it seems like revenge, well, that... that she gets revenge. Yeah. Because now, he dies, but he also gets his wish because he shows up in a room invisible and smokes a cigarette. Yeah. And then disappears. Yes. Yeah. He didn't realize the fine print. Although I think by the time he did realize that he was going to die from this, uh, it was all it too was late. Too, it was yeah. all too late to back out of. For sure. Yeah. He, he was. Um, he was going to have to take his chances and see what happens. Yeah. And uh, it didn't look like it ended well for him. Uh, without spoiling the ending, and, you know, and I can, I can cut anything out that we, that we think we've gone too far, but uh, are we talking about what else shows up in the house or is that what we I would say the very ending when the final reveal yeah. of, of, of Sophia's, Her, her attempt of the spell okay yeah, the yeah. final bit of the spell i don't think we should reveal no at the same time i want to say that if the final 
part of the spell wasn't there, if it wasn't what it was in this movie, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have liked it as much. Right. Because this, this is, this really, brings... this is so out of left field kind of, even though they tell you this is what when it... you see this ending, it blew me away. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. I really wish Jolene was here to discuss it because I'd love to know what he thought about this movie. Yeah. But I'm afraid he didn't like it. Well, let's let's definitely um, reserve some time at the beginning of the next episode to to go back and forth on it a bit. Um, my my tattoo artist that we talked about, Ian, was so taken by this movie, and he's had to because of how he doesn't have a lot of media coming into his life, he, mm-hmm. he limits it. Uh, he said he's had to pay for renting this thing, I think three times now. And I'm thinking, man, at this point you should just fucking own a digital copy of it. Buy it. (laughs) Right. Um, but it does really sit with you. This movie, it's, it stays with you after you've seen it and, uh, revisiting it. Um, you'll pick up more stuff from it. I think. Did you watch it a second time? I did. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you'll pick up more things, uh, subtle things, but, uh, you definitely get everything you need to get the first watch. Um, now, uh, did you read the reviews on these? I didn't read a lot of reviews. I I read a couple of them and I know that last I looked, it was at about 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty high. It sits at 90% for critics Uh and 55% for audiences. Barely a win. Uh, same as IMDB. I think it sits at like five and a half stars. Out of, uh, out of 10. Out of 10. Oh, geez. Maybe six stars out of 10. It's not doing well, and I can see why. Because it is a very slow burn. Uh-huh. It is a slow setup. Although, people's complaints about it, I think they just... They're fucking juvenile. Yeah, because they said... <laughs> constant complaint was that nothing happens. It's too quiet. Which all sorts of stuff happens in this. Yeah. And um, that it was all dialogue, which what the fuck? Yeah, a movie has dialogue, you know, that you have to pay attention to. Yeah. If it cut out, what would you what would you do with your movie? Yeah. Now, I said I didn't read a lot of reviews, but I did scroll the IMDb reviews because I'll I'll look at them and it'll be like nine star, eight star, nine star, eight star. And then all of a sudden threes, twos and ones. Yeah. And I do kind of skim them. I skimmed them and it was a bunch of juvenile, stupid crap. Like, Hey, if you wanted a gore fest, know that, know that a movie is or isn't that before you go into it and bitch about it. You know, you can't go into something expecting it to be what it's not and then be disappointed when it's not. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of people do is like, what do you, what do you think this movie was going to be? You know, like I knew somebody who's supposedly a, a witch who's supposedly in a witchcraft who I said, Oh, I think you'll enjoy the witch. Yeah. um, And it's like, she didn't like it. No? At all. Like, just... I can tell... I can see why. Well... It was because the witch was evil. Well, that's not even it, though. Oh! I I think she didn't like it because it wasn't like the Wicked Witch of the West. I don't know what she was expecting, but this is somebody who I'm not even sure how well studied or how well taught she is. I can see people hating... The witch. Yeah, I could see uh, that. Just like this movie. I could see people hating this movie. I don't know that I'd be comfortable recommending this, mm-hmm. but I'd be happy to hear when people did like this, if it came up 
mm-hmm. you know, conversation somehow and be like, oh, I saw a, a dark song. Be like, oh, yeah, that movie's awesome. But yeah. I don't know if I could tell somebody, just a stranger, just a listener, hey, watch a dark song. Yeah. Because I could see hating this thing. I could see it, I suppose. But And I think if it was if it had ended like fifteen minutes early, like if it had ended before the big reveal mm-hmm. at the end, um I could see this movie just being kind of a slow burn hellraiser. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You you open the door to this other world, this other dimension and things yeah. things come through and yeah, slow burn hellraiser, sure. I could see that, but um there is something that was left off from this that I, and I maybe will even give this a third watch. Um, this, this ritual is months long. It's elaborate. Um, the objective is to obtain, and, and this is a quote, knowledge and conversation of the, of the practitioners, Higher uh, garden, the guardian, guardian angel. angel. Now this holy entity will appear and reveal magical secrets, but after that, this is the part that that is not covered in the movie. Once this is done, the magician must summon or evoke the twelve kings and dukes of hell, and um, and bind them. This uh, this gives the magician uh, command of them in their own mental universe. Now, maybe not in the you know in the realm of hell, but in their own mental universe, um, and it removes their negative influences from the magician's life. Oh, okay. So, so it really, the, the thing wasn't closed. It wasn't ended. Um, did you get that the books when she was flipping through them and they looked all redacted, did that mean he crossed out everything they had accomplished or did that mean he was like doing it from, uh, an abbreviated book? What did you think? I took that as to, as meaning that he had, marked everything out um as they completed it no so that she couldn't go back oh that she couldn't continue the spell or go or reverse it in any way okay because you know um he dies we'll just go ahead and say yeah he dies um i believe fulfilling her desire for revenge right um, and then she runs out of the house breaking the seal. Right. And But can't get away from the house. She runs and runs and runs and ends up right back at the house. Yeah. Um, and he's dead and she's kind of in the house, kind of in hell. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I, I took it as meaning like, oh, there's no escape. Okay. She can't use those books anymore. There's no hope anywhere. She couldn't spend the next six months learning how to undo this spell if there was any way out because he or something destroyed the books. Right. Yeah. I didn't think about it as being, it could have been once they completed things, he crossed them out. Like maybe he wanted to just do this one last time and never do it again in his life. So yeah, this is completed crossing it out. But I think it's known that if you don't complete something and you get to the end of this whole thing and it's a failure that you have to start over. I think, oh, certainly. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what's known about it. But he uh, says something like it's worked. He's done it three times. It's worked once. Yeah. And it failed twice. And it failed twice for whatever reason. Right. So when uh, when she 
gets to um, when she gets to this point at the completion of it, but then doesn't do the the final um, binding. Yeah, I gotta wonder. Like, is there gonna be awful stuff that happens in her life? Like they, like she's leaving and she's missing a couple fingers or yeah, know, she's a finger or two. Missing a finger, yeah. Yeah, so she leaves without a finger, and and uh, the car does start for her when it's time to actually leave when yes. everything's complete. I wonder if everything's just gonna be okay for her. I think so. It seems like it. It's, it seems like for her at least, it's complete. I don't know if you call it a happy ending. <laughs> no, this is a pretty. Uh, it's pretty bleak. It's a pretty bleak film. There's it's it's simultaneously bleak but really um, awesome and, and hopeful the way it winds up for her. Uh, yeah. I don't even know how to explain that in any other the, way. The ending there is is what changes that. It. It's yeah. Yeah. Like that. I could imagine like if this were, were handed over to a room of idiots, you know, who oh we're gonna give you notes or we're gonna rewrite this. You could ruin the ending of this so easy. I can imagine, just imagine chopping off the ending of this, where she just ends up in hell. Yeah. And then it just ends. Yeah. Um, she can't get out of the house. I could see, yeah. I could see You'd that. be like, oh, well, that was bleak and kind of pointless, but the, I don't know, the because of the ending, I don't want to give it away. Right. It's hard to talk about, but the ending elevated this film. It made this film something else. It did. You know, instead of just a slow burn hellraiser. Right. Yeah. It, you know, which is, it, which is un- underselling it because, uh, I did enjoy every bit of this film. Same. Yeah. You know, even though, you know, it was creepy and, he actually kills her and revives her, so she's a new person. She's born into yes. this world again. That's fucking crazy, because he could have easily not been able to revive her. Yes. Holy crap! That was that was like that was a scene <coughs> where I was wondering, like, is he just doing something to where, you know, it brings her fear to the very edge of fearing for her life? No, he ends her life and then revives it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that kind of blew me away. Um, I'm trying to think if there were some other things like that in the movie. Well, the part where he just needs to get off and, and he, yeah. that was just like, Oh my God. So you may be this really accomplished magician, but you're still a fucking guy. And, yeah. And, and kind of an awful some sort of awful pervert. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of sick fuck pervert. Yeah. So yeah, we're of course talking about the part where he, she's already gotten conditioned to just do what he says yeah because you have to and he gets really really abusive and you know, like verbally abusive oh yeah he's an asshole yeah he's not a good person no and uh, but you find out later you know maybe he killed a kid so yeah so it's uh anything bad that happens to him is okay at that point maybe i just mean that's weighing on him that's why he's an asshole oh yeah he's... all this is because he doesn't know it at first but i imagine he suspects it yeah at some point and then when she reveals it uh, it's too late yeah they can't stop the spell it's pretty crazy and he knows it's not gonna end well for him yeah it's too late Even though No, he gets his wish <laughs> be careful what you wish for yeah um 
I did like the uh, cinematography and the score. Um, oh. Both were just great. Like it almost reminded me of like um, uh, Dead Can Dance or something like that, where you get yeah. that, that some of the stuff is really dreary and some of it starts to sort of come around and sound ceremonial. Mm-hmm. It's real interesting stuff. Yeah. And uh, to take, you know, a, a fairly rough countryside and just make it look sweeping and grand and beautiful. Oh, man even though it's kind of overcast and, you know, probably not hospitable. It looks I'd great. I'd love to go see the Welsh countryside at yeah. some point. And I couldn't find anything about filming locations except for it's at Dublin, which means maybe the set, well, the location that is the house. Well, he filmed the, ex- I understand the exterior and the interior were two different houses. And they only had 20 days to film in the house. Oh, wow. So... I'm sure they did all that and then filmed all the outside stuff in probably a couple more days. So this was a quick, cheap shoot. Yeah. It, and they used all their money for the final reveal, which was nice. Uh, yeah. I, I could see where that would be a thing yeah. for sure. Because if you've got two really dedicated actors and you've got a small crew who know yeah. what they're doing and the the credit lists were, were really long for the cinematographer and the, um, and the composer. So yeah. I feel like these are people who you could just bring these professionals in. Maybe they worked for less than they're worth because they believed in the project. Yeah. This is all speculation. <clears throat> this is just me, you know, going, Hey, it could be this, it could be that, but it just seemed like, like this perfect mix of the right people to make a movie with a very small cast mm-hmm. and a very good story. Yeah. I want more of this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This is kind of, I think of, you'll like Jarface then. Jugface. Jugface. <laughs> yeah, I will watch Jugface. I might Jugface. even watch it tonight. Yeah. Because it's been like, I've, I've just shied away from it two, three dozen times now. And yeah, just, we were just kind of after the forgotten one. We were like, God. Need something. What do we watch? And that right. thing kept coming up and it was like, fine, let's watch Jugface. Yeah. And uh, and I liked it. I, I really enjoy a low budget horror film. Yeah. I think you can do horror really well on film cheaply you can and we we've learned this from having seen some high budget stuff that looked like crap and some low budget stuff that that was just great to watch yeah you know i could look at i didn't see what the what the budget was on this one but um but we look at something as low budget as the battery and this movie a dark song i mean there's no way they put the kind of money into this that they put into something like world war z or the mummy 2017 fuck mummy Ugh. oh just awful don't watch the mummy don't watch 2017. Fuck mummy <laughs> yeah so oh that movie um tom cruise quit trying to make horror you failed um universal give it up yeah you guys just... this is like the second or third try to kick off this dark universe and it's you can't do it if you're going to try and make it something it's not. It can't be superhero movies and it can't be um, Mission Impossible movies. They have to no. be just horror movies. Yeah. You know, you can do you could do something that looks and feels like a dark song, but it's a mummy movie. Yeah. Some ritual magician who's going to do something and then some awesome flashbacks. Um, you could do something with not a huge budget that just looks and feels ominous and cool. And yeah, you can do it. They can't, I mean, you know, universal can't, but someone could, yeah, they would just have to put their brand on it. 
Put some capable people on the job. Yeah. That's all it takes. Write a good script. Hey, there's a crazy idea. Joe Bob Briggs said it on, on the interview he did with us. Yeah. You know, he's like, writing don't cost anything. No, it doesn't. <laughs> you sit down you sit down with a pen. Yeah. Or I a mean, computer. That's the thing. You write this thing and, and you know <clears throat> the you know, watching a bunch of film noir. That's always the thing. These movies were made for nothing. Mm -hmm. But they depend on their story, and you know, then they commit to it. And, yeah. That's what it takes. Yeah. It's not bad. Well, we have no idea what we're going to do for next episode, but uh, I feel like we covered this one pretty well. I couldn't, Child's I, Play 2. <laughs> Child's Play 2 would be great. <laughs> I don't we're going to watch Child's Play 3. Um, you know what I would like to do is Child's find, Play 2 and 3. What, what's something that straddles the line between noir and horror? I mean, a psycho. Yeah, psycho does. 1960 psycho. Maybe we should try and do that. I mean, that would fit as a as a noir. Yeah, I think we should. Okay. And, and we'll talk to Jolien, but let's let's say to our listeners that we're we're going to consider that um, as a very good possibility. Yeah. But in the meantime, if somehow you listen to this, um, I mean, <laughs> force me to watch Psycho again. Yeah, Fizco. Fisco. <laughs> so if somehow you got uh, to listening to this episode and got all the way through it and we didn't exactly spoil the movie, go watch a dark song. Yes. It's great. Um, so, but if you hate it, then we don't know you. We don't know. you. Yeah. You're not our listener. Yeah. Um, you're allowed to love or hate whatever you want to love or hate, but I don't understand you if you see something like this and you're a true horror fan. I mean, there's there's the quote-unquote gore hounds that ju they just want to watch yeah. splatter. But if if you really enjoy a good story, yeah. You can have both, though, people, you know? You can. You can have beautiful, beautiful splatter. A whole generation of Italian filmmakers showed us Yeah, that you can have a crazy story and beautiful dismemberments and yeah. uh you know yeah there's there's no reason you can't have that now it's getting windy outside i hope that's just the wind it is <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think we conjured anything all right well we covered it pretty well um let's call it a show uh and we'll have jolian back with any luck next time and uh talk about we're going to talk about this some more with him if he you know if we can I hope so and i know he's got netflix because he's a guest user on my account yeah <laughs> so there's no reason he shouldn't i think that's I, I think that's you know really good for the show that we all now have yeah netflix and hulu and a couple yes things, so. all the same platforms that, yeah. we, that we can say well you don't have to try and find it another way we've all got the same ways to see things except yeah. he doesn't have shutter but we'll see if we can get him into that at some point somehow somehow yeah all right although well, i think shutter has like dropped a whole bunch of stuff from their li their library did they i feel like their library shrunk mm, that's weird because i know they maybe it was budget uh constriction from having added the old universal horror yeah maybe it just seems like when you would go to shutter and scroll through in the past it had a lot more titles than hmm. it seems to have now i'll have to give it a closer look yeah but uh well shall we call it a show call it a show stay uh, off the morse <laughs>